In the house of God today, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. He is alive. I am so excited to preach today that I can barely contain it. And I, I, I was going to do, originally I was preparing, and I was going to do a, a title called A Father and His Two Sons. And then I was beginning to look at some different things. And the Holy Spirit was going to preach on the father and the prodigal son and the son that stayed home. But the Holy Spirit began to shift something. And I believe this is a very important sermon and message for our church and for you. And so I want everyone to lift their hands. I want the Holy Spirit to prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare us for God's word right now. God, do what you're, what you only can do. Prepare us for your word, God. Move by the power of your Holy Spirit today. And we declare it in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Say amen one more time. All right, before you're seated, can we give the worship team a big hand clap? We have an amazing worship team, don't we? We are very blessed on this Father's Day with so many great leaders here at the church and we have a worship team that they're not just performing, they're worshiping. We have no need for performers, we need worshipers. Can I get a loud amen? All right, you could be seated. One more time, give me an amen. Now I'm, I'm, I wanna just explain something real quick uh, before I go into my message. Um, I've traditionally, when I prepare, there's a time of, a lot of time of praying, a lot of time of studying, a lot of time of meditating on God's word. And when I would write a sermon, it was pretty much a title, maybe a few points, and a lot of just scripture. And so if it took one or two pages, it was rare. But in the beginning of the year, my pastor, Dr. Rod Parsley, really encouraged me uh, to begin writing a book. And so I began to write out my sermons in more of a manuscript form. So as you can see, this one's like six bazillion pages. And it really is a pretty long one, this one. But uh, I promise it won't be that long. But uh, thank you. But here in the fall... We're going to launch a book that I'm writing. It's a real, it's something very important to me. It's called A Revival of Faith. It's going to be a daily devotional. And we're going to launch it here in the fall. And we're very excited about it because I think people need more of the word in their life. Not, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays, but every day. Come on. Can I get a loud amen? So thank you for letting me experiment with you while reading a little more than I normally read. So Daniel chapter 3, if you have your Bible, turn to verse 14. 
and it'll be on the screen. And you know, I'm, I'm, I love when you preach back to me. So it's going to be one of the messages that I'm going to lay a foundation, then I'm going to begin to preach. So I'm looking for some amens. I'm looking for a few hallelujahs. I'm looking for, you better preach that pastor. Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm looking for someone to tap their neighbor and say, that, that's for you. Come on. Can I get a loud amen? All right. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psalm tree, and symphony with all kinds of music, all you fall down and worship the image which I have made. Good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Can I get an amen? And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke, commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23 says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then, the king, then king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Woo. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's council gathered together. And they saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their heads was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not on them. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies 
that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks against anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Come on. I want to just preach to you a little bit today. I have a title. Who is the fourth man? Like a sparkling diamond on a velvet couch, the city of Jerusalem was placed for a plan and purpose that God had for it. And I want to tell you, God's people dwelt there. The children of Israel dwelt there. I want you to understand something here today. God has a plan and purpose for your life. They built a temple for God. They would make blood sacrifices to God for the forgiveness of their sins. Far away from Jerusalem, toward the south and the east, there was another city. A great city that man built. Babylon was built on a great mountain of rock. The walls were 300 feet high, and eight chariots could run on top of the wall while racing. It was that wide. Inside the wall was demonic temples. Animals were offered up to heathen gods. I want you to understand there was a winding river, the beautiful... Euphrates River that ran through Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar built a palace, but it was more like a fortress. It was seven miles in a circumference. It was humongous. It was a fortress that displayed his reign and rule. King Nebuchadnezzar and his army would go all over the known earth, conquering nations. And they would bring people back to Babylon. And they would bring back, when they would conquer the people, they conquered their gods. And so he would bring back the people, and he'd bring back the conquered gods. And Nebuchadnezzar began to think things. There's no God that can stand up to my power. There's no God that can deliver any of these people. There's no God that can work the way I can work. Because Nebuchadnezzar was conquering land, taking people, and ultimately conquering their gods. So Nebuchadnezzar began to see himself as God. I hate to say we live in a world where a lot of people see themselves as their own God. Come on, somebody. He would conquer such nations, and they would have gods that were made in images of four-footed beasts, birds of the air, and the likeness of men. Some were ugly, and some were beautiful. But they had no power. They had no power. These gods couldn't see, they couldn't hear, and they couldn't feel. 
They had no power. Now, I could jump ahead and say, you know, we serve a God. <laughs> Let me just go there for a second. I'm grateful that we serve a God that can hear, that can see, that can feel. Hallelujah. God can see everything. He hears everything. He can do everything. Amen. So he had his men, his people, build a golden image of himself. Stood 100 feet high at the edge of the city. He had a plan. Every time the music would sound, people would worship the golden image. Every time the music would play, he would see who was loyal to him. People would bow down and worship the golden image. In America, we worship so many things. Let me say that again. We worship so many things. We worship so many things. But I'm grateful for this church. And I'm grateful for God's people. We must always put Jesus first. Can I get a loud amen? When they would bow down, they would chant, Great is Nebuchadnezzar, our God. Great is Nebuchadnezzar, our God. Great is Nebuchadnezzar, our God. There was one city, one land untouched, the land of Judea where Jerusalem was. One day his army besieged the city through a process of time. He tore the walls down, burned the temple, and sacked the city. He took people like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego back to Babylon. Can you imagine the first time these Jewish boys begin to hear the music? See, they knew the God that parted the sea. They knew the God that delivered them out of Egypt. They would tell stories and sing songs, and they would talk about how God parted the Red Sea, how he was a miracle-working God. And they hear the music, and they're supposed to bow down. But what I love about these three Jewish boys, these young men, and we preach this all the time, they wouldn't bow down. I love that. Just because everybody else is bowing down doesn't mean you should bow down. Can I get a loud amen? Just because the whole country bows down doesn't mean you should bow down. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Just because everybody else does it doesn't mean you should do it. If you stand with God, he will always stand with you. If you stand with God, he will always stand with you. I can just imagine their blood was boiling when everyone would bow down. But there were spies in the land, and they identified these three Jewish boys. 
They told the king, there's three Jewish boys that won't bow down. You know, when you don't bow down, it's not always the popular decision. You will be very unpopular when you don't bow down. When everybody else is doing it and you won't do it, you can become very unpopular. The spies told him about these three Jewish boys. These young men came to a truth that we all must faith face. Your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. If you believe in Jesus Christ and you're a Christian and you're a follower of Jesus, there will come a time, actually multiple moments in your life, when your faith will be tested. What do you think, you're just going to skip through this world, picking dandelions and tulips and singing kumbaya? I don't think so. Can I get a loud amen? Your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tested. What you believe will be tested. That's why it's so important you know the Word of God. How many know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? How many know His Word is truth? See, your faith will be tested. You have to want what God is. Let me say it one more time. You have to want what God is. See, I want to go to heaven. I want to do what's right. You won't get saved unless you want to get saved. You will never live for God until you want to live for God. I'm saved because I want to be saved. I'm going to heaven because I want to go to heaven. You have to want to do it. Let me explain that one more time. You have to want to live for God. I've met a lot of people that have come to my office and want to meet with me, but they don't want it. And if you don't want it, there isn't nothing I can do. So you might make some mistakes. You might fall down. You might bump your head once in a while. But if you want it, let me say it again. It doesn't matter what you go through. If you want it, you'll keep fighting for it. Let me say it again. You'll keep fighting for it. You'll build up some spiritual resiliency. Come on, somebody. You'll, you'll get a Christian backbone. Can I get a loud amen? But there's people that come to know Jesus, and the first time a little opposition or adversity comes, they quit. They run the other way. And I'm here to tell you, you need to keep moving forward in God. If you want what God is, you got to keep moving forward in the things of God. I want God to move supernaturally in my life, in my family's life, because he's a healer. Come on, somebody. He's a deliverer, and he's a savior. Can I get a loud amen in the house of God today? Give me one more loud amen. See, I think you need to understand that. And I want you to realize that you need to stand for God. Let me say that one more time. In the world we live in, you need to stand for God. We need to stand for God. We need to stand for righteousness. We need to stand for truth. What I love when our pastors preach here and I preach, and we have such an amazing group of pastors here, 
when we preach, it isn't over when the sermon's over. See, my preaching isn't complete when I leave the platform. See, I believe that the preaching of God's word impacts people. And see, I don't believe the sermon's done till the miracle working of power of Jesus starts manifesting in that person's life. Can I get a loud amen? See, the sermon's done. It might be done a few days from now. See, this message today will impact you today, but I, begin, I believe it will begin to change your life over this week. See, we have enough people that preach sermons, and it's over when it's over. But we need a word from God that changes us all through the week, all through the month, all through the year. It's something we can hold on to. It's something that God begins to do on the inside. It begins to rearrange us. Do the work only he can do. Can I get a loud amen? These young men faced the king, and the king demanded that they bow down. If they didn't, he would throw them into the fiery furnace. What would they do? They could feel the fire, the hot breath of the furnace. What can they do or say? The fire had conquered so many people and so many gods. And I can imagine the king, King Nebuchadnezzar saying, I've been all over the world. I've captured nations and I've captured their gods. And I was in Jerusalem. I didn't see your God. He was nowhere to be found. When the, I burned the temple, I didn't see him. I don't even know if you have a God. And if he's there, I can't even see him. I need you to understand something today. That's what most of the world thinks about our faith. They think we're some relic from an ancient day. They think we're part of some old time faith that is for yesterday. They think our God, I can't see him. I don't see him working. I, I don't know where he's at. I've been looking for him. I'm here to tell you, there will come a day. There will come a day when Jesus is high and lifted up that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is the Lord. We just need more on fire, Bible-believing, fire-baptized men and women of God that will stand up for righteousness and fight the good fight of faith. Come on. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 says this. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Just because you don't see him, just because you don't know who he is, this Jesus, our God, has the ability, and he is able to deliver us. Can I get a loud amen? He is able. Our God is able. He is a deliverer. And if you need deliverance right now, he can deliver you. He is able. Say that out loud. Say, he is 
able. One more time. He is able. Hallelujah. See, they understood the law of faith. If you don't bow, you can't burn. The law of compromise is this. If you bow, you will burn. Let me say it again. The law of faith, if you don't bow, you can't burn. The law of compromise is if you bow, you will burn. If we bow, if you bow your knees, you lose. We compromise so many things. We compromise. As believers, we compromise so much. It has become a compromising church, the big church. I tithe if I want. I do this if I want. I can dabble here and dabble there. I don't have to be holy. I can do what I want and still come to church and do my church thing. If you bow, you will burn. But if you don't burn, if you don't bow, you won't burn. See, it's our job not to bow. It's God's job to make sure we don't burn. Let me say it again. It's our job not to bow. It's God's job to make sure we don't burn. And I'm here to tell you, there's some people in the sound of my voice today that aren't bowing down for anything, that are standing with Jesus, walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus. No matter what the world throws, I'm standing with Jesus. Can I get a loud amen? We won't bow, King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king got so mad. The Bible says his face changed. And he said, bring me my guards. Grab these young men, heat up the furnace seven times hotter. And these guards got close to the fire. And they burned up. They bowed. And they burned. They got close and they burned up. They weren't made with the right stuff. I'm glad that Jesus is discipling some people in this day and age that are built with the right stuff. They're they're not, mm, let me just preach it how I feel led. They're not wimpy, wussy Christians that are looking to play patty cake and get a bottle every Sunday. Come on, somebody. They're on fire, men and women of God, that says, I'll stand up for righteousness in the land of the living. I'll walk this walk with integrity and courage. Come on. I ain't here to give you a bottle on Sunday and burp you. Come on, somebody. We got enough of that in my house all day long. I ain't here to play you Daniel Tiger either. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand that you have to grow in the things of God. You have to, you have to, you have to begin to feed yourself. You can't always have the pastors come and feed you. You got to learn to feed yourself. You got to learn to open the Bible yourself. You got to learn to pray yourself. You got to learn to connect with God by yourself. Come on, somebody. If you need a word, you need a word from God. Come on. 
See, I think you need to understand something. You got to be made with the right stuff. And when you're a follower of Jesus, God starts stretching you and molding you. And he begins to make you with the right stuff. Eventually, they threw him into the fiery furnace. The king thought they would burn. He looked in and started calling his counselors. Didn't we cast three men bound into the fiery furnace? There are four men in there, and they're walking around loose. The fourth one looks like the son of God. They're loose. They're not horrid. The fourth man has come. See, the fourth man has come to subdue the crackling flames. The fourth man has come to speak to the fire. If he can speak to the wind, he can speak to the fire. If he can speak to the wind, he can speak to the fire. The fourth man has come to speak to the fire on your behalf. He came to deliver them. And when these men wouldn't bow, when the music played, an alert went out into heaven. See, when you don't bow and you don't give in to the things of this world and the world starts coming against you, there's an alert that goes out into heaven. There's three Jewish boys that aren't bowing down to King Nebuchadnezzar. The angels start spreading the word. There's an alert. There's a sound that begins to echo through heaven. When they faced the king and said, we won't bow, the fourth man rose from the right hand of the father and got up and said, I'm getting ready to come down on your behalf. The fourth man, when they said, we won't bow, king, he rose with might and strength. He rose from the right hand of the father. The fourth man got up. The fourth man will always stand with you when you stand. When they got ready to throw them into the fiery furnace, the fourth man leaped through time and space faster than anything you can imagine. And he spoke to the fire and said, you will not burn them. You will not burn them. You will not, you will not burn any of their clothes or singe their hair. When they got thrown into the fire, the fourth man was waiting to catch them. They threw them right into the arms of the fourth man. Who is this fourth man? I will tell you who this fourth man is. In Genesis, he's the seed of a woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he's a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In first and second Samuel, he's our trusted prophet. In first and second Kings and first and second Chronicles, he's the reigning king. 
in Ezra, he's the faithful scribe in Nehemiah. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken down walls. In Esther, he is Mordecai. In Job, he is the day spring on high and our living redeemer. In Psalms, he's the Lord, our shepherd. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastic, he is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, he's the bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. In Lamentations, he's the weeping. He's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the wonderful, wonderful four-headed beast. In Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Who is this fourth man? Who is this fourth man? I'll tell you who he is. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband married to a backslider. In Joel, he's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost with fire. In Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he's God's evangelist. Who is this fourth man? Who is this fourth man? I'll tell you who he is. In Zephaniah, he's our savior. In Haggai, he's the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he's the fountain that opens up into the house of David. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. Who is this fourth man? is this fourth man in Matthew he is the Messiah in Mark he is the wonder worker in Luke he is the son of man and John he is the son of God and Acts he is the Holy Spirit in first and second Corinthians he is the in Romans he's the justifier in first and second Corinthians he's the sanctifier in Galatian, he's our redeemer of the curse of the law. Who is this fourth man? Tap in there and say, who is this fourth man? Tap in there and say, who is this fourth man? In Ephesians, he's the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he's the God who supplies all our needs. In Colossians, he's the fullness of the Godhead. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's the soon coming King. In First and Second Timothy, he's our mediator. In Titus, he's the faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. In Hebrews, he's the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he's the great physician. In First and Second Peter, he's the chief shepherd. In first and second and third John, he is the he is everlasting love. And in Revelation, he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Who is this fourth man? He's a husband to the widow, a father to the orphan. For us that go through the dark night, he is the bright and morning star. Who is this fourth man? When we go through the lonesome valley, 
when we go through the lonesome valley he is the lily of the valley he is the rose of Sharon he is the staff of life and he is the honey that comes from the rock who is this fourth man he's a rock in a weary land our pearl of great prize our everlasting father the government of the government of our life is upon his shoulders who is this fourth man I can keep going he is Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God this fourth man it's Jesus it's Jesus Whew. they refuse to bow now they can't burn when you stand for God he will stand for you God didn't put them in the furnace he took them out God didn't put you into the fire you're in, but he will get you out. God didn't put you in the fire you're in. He'll get you out. He can speak to the fire. He can speak to the crackling flames. He can speak to that fire. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. Don't touch the clothes. Don't touch the hair. Don't let them smell like fire. I want you to understand something here today. He didn't heat up the fire. He spoke to the fire. He didn't have anything to do with them entering in, but he had everything to do with them coming out. Can I get a loud amen? Come on, give a loud amen. They were more free in the furnace than they were outside. You could be more free in the fire than you can outside the fire. We're always so afraid of the fire, but there's more freedom in the fire than you realize. Because all the world can do to you, all the king could do was put them in the fire. All he could do was put them in the fire. But once they got in, see, the God we serve, he protects us. He surrounds us like a shield. His favor surrounds us like a shield. No weapon formed against you or your family shall prosper. Come on, somebody. I had some more stuff about who that fourth man was. He's the rock in David's sling. Oh, yeah. I could keep going. He's Peter's shadow. Come on, somebody. Whew. I don't want to. The only thing in this world that is indestructible is our faith in God.
The king made a decree. If anyone speaks amiss against their God, it says Daniel 3, chapter 29. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their house shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. I want you to understand this. Everybody stand to your feet. As the worship team comes back. King Nebuchadnezzar conquered nation after nation in the process conquering their gods. But he ran in to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He never saw a God deliver. He never saw a God that had more power than him until he met the fourth man. Until the fourth man entered into a fiery furnace, which should have been complete destruction for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But see, you do, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't understand something. That our Jesus, when he arises, when he stands up at the right hand of the Father, and he says he's going to come down on your behalf. When he goes through time and space to enter into your reality today, there's something that King Nebuchadnezzar did not realize. That the Jesus we serve, that the fourth man, that the fourth man in the fire, that this amazing fourth man, that he will enter your situation where it seems hopeless and helpless. He will enter your domain where there seems to be no future and where your present is about to die. But what the fourth man can do, nobody else he ever saw do before or ever saw do after. Because our God can speak to the flame our God can speak to the fire. Our God can say whatever circumstances in front of you right now, I speak to it. And I say, don't touch this child of God because they belong to me. I arose from my throne in heaven and I came down to earth to speak to the flame. And God told me today, there's some people in a situation, in a circumstance, trial and tribulation. The Holy Spirit spoke to me that the fourth man is coming into your situation. The fourth man is coming into your fire. As long as you don't bow, you won't burn. But if you bow, if you bow to the world, you will burn. 
right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to go to heaven. I want to spend eternity with Jesus. I want to spend eternity with the fourth man. If you want to spend eternity in heaven, we're not promised tomorrow. And you need to surrender to Jesus today. Maybe you've been bowing to the world's ideology and the world's wisdom. But today the fourth man is greater than anything the world has to offer. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need to surrender today, give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or if you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. If you need to give your life to him for the first time or rededicate your life to Jesus. Because he is the faithful husband that's married to the backslider. When I count to three, if that's you, you need to surrender to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus for the first time. Or rededicate your life to Jesus. When I count to three, shoot your hand up high. One, I just declare the fourth man is moving in this room. Two, I break every chain of the devil. And if you need to surrender to Jesus today to give your life to him, or rededicate your life to him, lift your hands now. Say, that's me. Lift them up. I see those hands. I see hands going up everywhere. I see them up in the balcony. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. I surrender to you. I dedicate my life to you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give all those wonderful people a big hand clap. Now. If you gave your life to Jesus today, you need to get plugged in. Make sure you go through growth track, go through, get connected to the church. But right now, I want to pray for everyone. Lift your hands. And I want to pray especially for those that are getting ready, that are in a fiery furnace. Those that would not bow down. I want to pray right now that you can see the fourth man in the fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The seed of the woman. The fourth man is entering your situation right now. I declare it. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Everlasting love. The fourth man is entering your situation right now. 
he might not make the situation go away, but he promises you today, the fire will not burn you, nor will it burn your clothes or singe your hair, or there will be any sign of the fire. The smell will not even get on you. God says to you today, I make a promise with you. If you don't bow, if you do your part, I'll do my part. I will make sure you will never burn. I declare that the Holy Ghost is entering your situation right now. The fourth man is speaking to the flames, speaking to the crackling flames. The fourth man is speaking to the fire right now. I declare he's moving through your situation supernaturally. I declare the Holy Spirit is breathing and maneuvering every obstacle right now. I declare by faith that God is changing everything around for the good. He's a God of the impossible. He's the God of the supernatural. And I pray that your fiery furnace will become a light in the darkness to people around you. And I declare that today by the power of Jesus Christ. And everybody say amen. And say amen. Come on, give Jesus a big shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Who is this fourth man? He is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on, give the fourth man a big shout of praise. so many people that need to know that in their current situation if they call out to the fourth man he'll be right there amen and as we've seen God do time and time again here and as we have been bold and taken steps of faith and gone to different places around the world to declare the fourth man is still alive we have seen God do countless miracles seen thousands upon thousands of people give their heart to Jesus and we're going to Tijuana this year. Come on, somebody. And we're going to take this gospel message to Tijuana. And I've heard so many people say, hey, I want to be a part of that. I want to go. I want to be a part of it. And, and I need you to know that this Wednesday after service, we're having our Tijuana missions informational meeting. You have to be there because you're going to need to know all of the information so that you can be a part of what God is going to do because we believe, we believe that Tijuana shall be saved for the glory of God. It's not just a cute statement. We're not just saying it because it sounds good. We're going to put our feet to our faith. We're going to trust God for provision, and we're going to hit the streets of Tijuana, and we're going to see God do what we've seen Him do time and time and time again. And Tijuana shall be saved, and it will never be the same again. So if you're interested, you have to be at the informational meeting so you can get everything, all the information so that you can make plans to be a part of that 
with us. And this is the time where we get to take up God's tithes and, and our offering. And I, I thought about the statement it says in Nehemiah chapter 10. It says this, we also assume the responsibilities. The responsibilities for bringing the first fruits or the tithes of our crops and the fruit of every tree to the house. I thought about that being interesting because the first fruits belong to God. But we have a responsibility to bring the first fruits to Him. So every week as we talk about tithe, as we talk about offering, this is our moment where we get to show God how much we're grateful for. Every time we're increased, we bring the first fruit of that back to Him. Amen? It's His first fruit, but it's our responsibility. Leviticus tells us that the tithe is holy and it belongs to God, that we don't touch it. We bring it back to God and we let Him do what only He can do when He breathes on the tithe and on the offering. And so I want to challenge you today to always remember the perspective. I might have to put the work in to see the fruit, but it belongs to God. It belongs to Him and and I want to honor Him because He's been so faithful, He's been so good, And how many of you could just remember a time where you were in the furnace and the fourth man was there? And you didn't think you could get out of it, but here you are today. And so this is the moment we say, God, I remember when you did it. I'm thankful you're still doing it. And I know if I need you again, you'll be right there with me. This is how we show honor to God. So would you help me bless the tithe now as we get ready to give? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that when we're in a furnace, that we're in, we're, we're stuck in some trouble. You are with us. God, you prove it, that you never leave us and you never forsake us. So Lord God, this morning, with grateful hearts, we return back to you the holy, sanctified 10%, the above and beyond tithe, uh, offering, God. We return it back to your hand and we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for being faithful, even when we didn't see it. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in your mighty name, and the church said amen. Come on, the church shouted amen. Come on, ushers, would you receive the tithe and offering this morning? Well, today is Father's Day, and so I want to take a moment. Let's honor all the dads, the grandfathers, the spiritual fathers in the house. Yeah, and like was already said, we've got a special treat for all the dads, so I need all the dads to listen real quick, real closely. As you, as you leave uh, out our glass doors on the left-hand side, you're going to see some tacos. And every dad, we want to give you free tacos. So you're going to get out there, you're going to get to eat for free, dads. Everybody else, get your wallet out. you got to pay for yourself. But dads... You get to eat for free because we love you. We want to celebrate you. So give your dads a hug. Let them know that you love him. We're so thankful for our church. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. We love you. The worship team will continue to worship. If you need prayer for anything, we'll have some pastors here to pray for you. God bless you and we'll see you out.